There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. Just before we started the show uh, in anger this week, we Ian reminded me of something I used to absolutely love in school, which is those wheelie TV cabinets that the teachers would bring in, the giant CRT TV and the unnecessarily large VHS machine uh, on those like, I, it looked like a, like a bar stool, but it had a TV on it instead of a person. Do you remember those? No. Well, you brought them up. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't. You've described it in such a weird way. You've confused me. You know what I'm talking about, though, don't I you? I do know what you're talking about. When you were yeah. at school, in the past, yes. in the past, it was, it was the best day, wasn't it? Because the teacher wheeled out the thing, yeah, the TV, and then you knew that you were either going to do very little work, or the teacher had just given up. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and uh, the schools are out now, I believe, for the summer holidays. They so are indeed, can te- confirm. Teachers rejoice. Um, Ian, I did, before we get into uh, today's show as well, I wanted to say that I saw you playing Cyberpunk at the weekend. You did. And guess what? I've Go got on. literally thousands of pounds worth of computer equipment. I've got a Core i9 uh, 12900K. Um, I've got a uh, an NVIDIA GeForce RTX, well, not not GeForce anymore, RTX 3080. Um, 32 gigs of RAM, uh, super fast SSDs, uh, really, you know, really good, good, good cooling, Noctua uh, air cooling on the CPU, uh, 50 quid's worth of Prime Day fans on the front. Still doesn't run properly. After all so, that. Brilliant. Well, I, I told still you, runs like arse. Buy, buy an Xbox Series X because yeah. that made it it's work better. for me. It's better. I've got, I've got the, even got the upscaling thing on and it's still ropey as hell at times. But you know what? I kind of am enjoying it, and I do think there are lots of things I wish they'd done with it, but I do still think the story is cool, and I like it. It it is. It's just a shame that driving is so miserable in it as well. The driving is is terrible. Bad bad physics. I've not played driving physics as bad as that since the first uh, Mass Effect game. Yeah. Which had some of the worst. It's a shame that it's such an afterthought, given that you spend quite a lot of time driving. Well, speaking of quite a lot of time, we're going to start this show with a, a new feature that I'm introducing into the podcast as something of an experiment. You are the guinea pigs, ladies and gentlemen. I've called it Data Point because this week I kept noticing that lots of stories were not, strictly speaking, newsy, but they were timely and they had interesting numbers in. And I noticed that, um, I think, I'm trying to find the website, was it org? Oh, yeah, quite likely, yeah. The Institute of Electrical Engineering or whatever it is. That's it. Uh, they, had a, yeah. they had a blog with some details about the James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, lovely. And a number stood out, a number that I'd never thought of before when thinking about the James Webb Space Telescope, and that is the size of the SSD that it has oh, on right. board for saving all of the images that it takes. And I thought, and I'll say this now to our live audience who are listening to us, 
Um, have a guess if you can guess and don't guess if you know just guess if it's a guess how big in gigabytes the SSD is on the James Webb Space Telescope this number really intrigued me because it is not what I thought it would be this is a, a, a telescope obviously that can produce massive images I mean this is a 10 billion dollar wasn't it or was it 10 billion pounds Ten billion dollars, I think. Ten billion dollars. I mean, it costs like twice as much, uh, twice as much to to build as the Large Hadron Collider. Um, it was in development for twenty years, uh, and the images that it's come that are coming out of it are incredible. It can take, and I'll give you a clue here. Every day, the James Webb Space Telescope can produce up to fifty-seven gigabytes of of imagery. Right, compared to Hubble, which generates about one or two gig. So. They're all stored on this SSD inside the um, in, inside the telescope. Does anybody want to have a guess at how big the SSD is in there? Um, while you're guessing, Ian, do you know the answer to this, or would you like I, to? Well, I do because it's on the script, so it, I can't. Okay, all right. Well, it's also got a radio that sends back data at twenty-eight megabits per second over a 28, uh, 25.9 gigahertz channel. It's got a couple of other channels as well for things like receiving, operating instructions and stuff, but it's got 28 megabits for sending data. Nick in the chat guesses at two terabytes for the SSD. Think about $10 billion. You know, you can afford <laughs> quite a lot. You 57 gig a day that it can produce. So t- Nick guesses two terabytes. I can see Mike is typing a guess. As soon as Mike types his guess, I will tell you what it is. He guesses 100 terabytes. Uh, you're both wildly wrong, as I was, when I were I to have guessed. Uh, the total is 68. Mm. 68 gig SSD in the James Webb, um, even though it only produces, uh, even though it produces 57 gig of data a day, which means that uh, over a 24-hour period, it can pretty much fill it to the max. Um, but apparently... The, the way that they set it up is that it, it never comes close to to meeting that. It's just constantly capturing it's data and buffer. sending it back. Exactly. Now, exactly. I wondered, this is an SSD, right? Now, we know yeah. that SSDs don't last forever. SSDs' performance also is uh, hampered by very cold environments. I don't know, is, is the SSD on the hot side or the warm side? Um, well... A uh, cold side, even. I don't know, but I didn't put this in the script, but the chap who was quoted by this, by the IEEE blog, said that by the end of its useful life, it will actually only have about 60 gigabytes of usable data as a result of degradation. I did wonder if they'd sort of put in 128 gigabytes or something and were planning for much of it to be unusable and had like done some clever wear leveling on it so that it didn't end up using the same bits over and over again but who knows how they've done it i mean they're they're a lot cleverer than we are they are well that's this week's data point 68 gigabyte ssd on on board the james webb space telescope it is news to me uh speaking of news we had a heat wave this week in britain it hit just a hair under 41 degrees celsius here in broxbourne which is um is enough to kill a man, frankly, and indeed it probably did. And I, you know, I'm sure that was very sad when uh, and where it happened. But also victims to the heat were data centres and people involved in keeping broadband on. Oracle and Google had outages in the UK because of the heat. And my colleague Olivia, uh, yes, that Olivia, 
Olivia Solon had a very cool story at Bloomberg where some companies were using hose pipes to call data centers down. Um, I but they were, I, well, they were I pumping water through them or something. Yeah, on top of them on the roof. Oh, but wow. I was particularly interested in this story from ISP Review that said there were engineers at some of the broadband um, companies dealing with maintenance, you know, at the street at the cabinet level who were having to come up with ingenious ways of keeping these cabinets cool. And one of the ways that has been documented that they were doing this is by putting basically golf umbrellas up in front of the circuitry to try and create a bit of shade (laughs) and thereby keep the circuitry a little bit cooler, which I just think is amazing. That looks just ludicrous. And there's a... There, there are photographs of this. Um, Ian's shared one in the Discord. If you go to the show notes, uktechshow.com slash episodes, or look in the MP3 uh, description, you'll find a link to this story on the website that shows the uh, extreme lengths that some engineers were going to. This was a company called KCOM. Um, about them last week. Did we talk about KCOM? Well, it's, King, it, it's what was Kingston Communications. Um, it's ah. the whole bit of, um, yeah, what would have been British Telecom is actually Kingston Communications or KCOM, as it's now known. Well, one of these cabinets, I don't know where ISP Review got the data from. I, I presume one of the networks had, had given it to it. But um, the temperature, here's another data point for you, the temperature of one of these fibre cabinets. And these are the, you know, if, if, if it's a BT one, you recognise them as a big green box in the street uh, the temperature peaked on monday at 92.9 degrees celsius oof i mean that's that is if there was water in there it would be close to boiling yes it's just out of this world isn't it madness absolute a- madness out of this out of We're this world have to have a real think about this sort of thing because it's not going to change there's there are going to be days like this you know more regularly well, I took it upon myself to take my PC at home offline for a while and give it a... I basically gave it an undressing. I took off everything from the chassis that I possibly could. It was already fairly naked. I don't have the side panels on, but I took the front panels off it as well. And then I went through and gave the all the fans and the heat sink and the fan vents, everything, a thorough cleaning out. Got quite a bit of dust out of it as well and just try to maximize circulation and then i have a like a 20 inch fan that i primarily bought to have in front of me when i'm drumming so i don't have to have the aircon on using all the power while i'm drumming but i actually was using that as a way of keeping the 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 computer cool because i need it for both gaming and for work and so i can't have it just ticking off in the day because it got too hot um, so I had to go to some pretty extreme measures to do that, but it did work. It didn't. I didn't have any um, any heat based power cuts on the, that machine once I'd done the cleaning. Did you have no. to do anything like that? <clears throat> well, I didn't. But I've I recently have spent time and effort and money upgrading this computer so that it is actually quite. Um, well, it should cool itself quite well now. It's um, sucks in air from the front, blows it out the back. Should be fine, I, and it was fine. I didn't notice any particularly high temperatures, but then I also I was in no mood to game or anything like that. So it was really just running, you know, for the purposes of normal internet stuff. So it wasn't being taxed, uh, but it, even so, yes, it was it was 
it it was more me. Like I was melting, so I had to just go downstairs and sit in the air conditioned room. Oh, you should have seen some of the texts Ian sent me during the heat wave. I mean, mine were bad enough, but they were. I mean, you could tell that parts of you were melting. I just, I just had enough. It, it's, it's not on. Um, it was the response I, I, of somebody who repeatedly was told they were going to win the lottery and repeatedly just had like one number off the jackpot and and maybe won nothing it was that level of either indignation and and anger and rage um it was it was wildly entertaining yeah i mean i was just well because everything's so poorly set up for it you know i i i just feel like even it the thing is that now that it's hit 40 degrees in the uk everyone's talking about it but it doesn't have to hit 40 degrees for me to be miserably uncomfortable in the heat um and again you know houses have never been designed for it and it annoys me so much that there are so many solutions so many good pretty environmentally friendly solutions that you could employ that would um that would help with that for example if you had solar panels you could have air conditioning running and you wouldn't be you wouldn't be impacting the environment at all um but of course we don't do that and we we just have our radiators for the winter i did read this this week that the london underground network is trialing a new type of cooling system at some of the i saw that some of the deeper lines we put this out as a story on um a text message pod which is our twitter account which i should we should promote a little bit more actually a bit more yeah it's where we post all the stories that we are potentially going to talk about during the week. It has hundreds of followers. I, I genuinely think it's probably one of the most concise resources for UK-focused technology news throughout the week. So do give it a follow if you don't already. But one of the stories that we put on there was about this new system that they're meant to be installing because the tube gets, I mean, it gets boiling hot. We'll include a link to the story I am referring to in the show notes uktechshow.com slash episodes or look in the mp3 description not going to go into great detail here partly because the website i saw earlier wouldn't load so that doesn't help but it is interesting and actually it reminded me of this um there was a wired feature a few years ago that tried that explained why the london tube network or some of the lines on it specifically the central line is so hot it's something to do with the amount of clay Mm, that is above the line that basically means it's been heating up for decades and it's only going to get hotter so tfl's trying a whole bunch of ways to to keep the network cool certainly wasn't a happy place to be during this week i mean i know it's not going to happen but if you think about it logically think about all that heat energy that's trapped in the clay and about all the houses and office buildings above it that could siphon that heat out with heat pumps You've got yourself a heating solution there for central London that would be exceptionally environmentally friendly. Another experimental little mini feature here that I thought we could do We talk a lot about anniversaries and, oh, it's been five years since this, ten years since such and such. And I love those sorts of stories because it means we get to delve into the past and just enjoy history for for what it was. So I've picked out a totally random anniversary that's happening right now. Um, It is that it has been, as of now, 30 years 
since the Rosetta Stone software company that is um, was founded or the company was was founded obviously not the stone itself the one that sits in the museum in London <laughs> that's a lot older in fact, it's thousands of years old um, should also point out as Kate says in our chat that today is also the one year anniversary of my cat dying uh, which is a great shame he was a he was a good soft very plump cat he lives he lives on in my heart and a collection of videos he sent me yeah and and uh, more physically he lives on in the cask on the shelf in our lounge that we keep him in uh, he was a good cat also Rosetta Stone though 30 years since the Rosetta Stone software was created and I have an interesting relation well I say interesting I have a relationship with this software um, it's actually not that interesting <laughs> I'm going to tell you about it anyway um, which is this was the software that I thought would be my ticket into moving to Japan at one point because ah. around 20 I don't know 2012 something like that maybe 2013 uh, it was it was a point of my life where I thought this is the oh, the, the last point I could possibly choose to move Relocate. yeah to live in in Japan for for a few reasons I was miserable at work I just split up with my girlfriend Poppy and I didn't own any property nor was I planning on doing at that point and our, uh, the lease for the flat I was living in in West London was up for uh, renewal so at all this point I was like I don't like what I'm doing for work I've got no romantic ties to the city and I'm about to have no commercial ties to this either I even went as far as going to the Japanese embassy which who, I knew a few people there um, and was told that I'd, I'd be eligible for a visa to move and I thought, well, having been to Japan a couple of times at that point, it would really behoove me to speak more Japanese. And so I, in earnest, really tried to ramp up my Japanese knowledge with Rosetta Stone. Um, and it was quite expensive at the time. You couldn't get it on subscription back then. You bought the pack of DVDs and you sat at your computer and, and, and went through them. There's no mobile app, or at least if there was, it wasn't one I seemed to have access to. Um, and these days, I think people who learn a lot of languages do it with something like Duolingo, which is a much more gamified way. I know that when Kate was learning Polish, she um, she used Duolingo and, and said great things from it. And I do also know that one of our live listeners, I won't embarrass them unless they choose to say who they are, uh, is fluent in Japanese and would probably have interesting views on whether these sorts of applications are any good or not. Um, mm. But the the software has been around a long time. And I just didn't realise that it's been around for 30 years. Apparently the chap who created it... Pardon? It's pretty remarkable, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. The chap who created it was a, an engineer who wanted to learn Russian more efficiently and um, and set about creating a way of, of, of learning it. And I thought it was, the approach that it has is, is interesting. It's not. It doesn't try and say that X is the word for Y. It teaches in a way where you see a picture on a screen and you hear the language the word for that and then you or, or you see the picture and you have to choose the word that matches it so it's it aims i think to try and be one of these more natural ways of learning um it didn't work for me certainly oh okay interesting now you see this is the problem i have because i find myself really not good at learning languages um i don't know some people just have an aptitude for it and seem able to pick it up but i i really struggle with it which is funny because like language is my whole thing 
Yes. Well, uh, I mean, so you're that, pretty good at English. I'm okay. Um, but, but I'm not good at anything else. And I find it humiliating, frankly. And it's one of the reasons that I'm not... I'm never... I, I like travelling a great deal. And I have been fortunate enough to go all over the world. But I always do so with some considerable embarrassment because I, I'm completely incapable of communicating with people in any other language. And I feel like... You know, if you know French, for example, that's not bad because lots of people all over the world speak French. So you could do OK out of that, even if they're not, fir- you know, first language French speakers or Spanish. Um, you know, you you, um, you could you could hop over to a lot of places and get by with Spanish. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of I find it a bit embarrassing. And uh, Kate in, in the chat's just asking if I tried Duolingo. I have, actually. I uh, I had a I used to work at the BBC with a guy who um, called Colin, and he ended up going to all sorts of places that were tangentially related to what I was doing. So he would he did like tech PR for ages and stuff like that, uh, and he worked uh, in the PR team of Duolingo and and had suggested doing some features on it or something. And I'd, I'd had a look at the app, and uh, it certainly is about as good as I think I've ever seen. Uh, learning a foreign language to be but i didn't manage to stick with it long enough to actually learn french or anything else but french was the one i was going for maybe now is the time maybe instead of cyberpunk you should get rosetta stone or duolingo and start learning start learning a language yeah yeah absolutely i say that Um, knowing that you won't in the same way the the thing is that i won't I feel like if I was going to learn something now, the thing that I would really like to learn is a programming language. I would like to learn how to code because I feel like there's just something really inherently interesting about being able to solve a problem yourself. You know, I want an app to do this. No such app exists. I'll just write it myself. I love that idea. But I, I, again, my aptitude for languages extends to programming languages, it seems. What, what, what programming language would you pick then if you were going to, if you were going to choose one? After a lot of thinking about it, probably Python. Yeah, and and why? Why would you choose Python? I I don't know actually. It it seems flexible enough to do a lot of things in without sort of being too tied to anything in particular. Um, I, I I have sort of you know spent a lot of time. I used to when I was a kid, and I'm sure you did the same. I used to program in BASIC and have a riot doing it. Like it was great fun. You know, when yeah. you've got when you're a kid and you've got loads of time on your hands, and you just sit there and you know bash out simple programs in Basic, but Basic was very basic, you know, uh, and good, but also in English mostly, uh, which I you know is a lot easier to handle. But that's not like that anymore. But anyway, hmm. uh, so yeah, so that's probably what I would invest time in if I was going to invest time in anything. I just think for a start, if you can code, you could probably have a lot of jobs. Well. As a slightly related point to this, I have a favorite YouTube person called Anya who teaches German. And I really like watching her videos, not because I'm trying to learn more German, but because it is physically impossible to be sad when she is talking. She is the most positive, upbeat, just smiley German-speaking person it is ever possible to to me and I just pulled up a video and I'm just going to play a few seconds and I ha- don't know what this video is but my assumption is that it's going to make you smile let's find out hello everybody and welcome to learn German with Anya 
You cannot be sad listening to this woman. Today we are going to talk about basic... Anyway, that's the point. If I was going to learn a language, I kind of feel like these days I'd probably want to learn it one-on-one with somebody because access to language feels like it should be much, much easier in a, in a Zoom first world. Um that wasn't around that wasn't an option when rosetta St- when i was trying to learn japanese with rosetta stone not really i mean you could do it via skype but it was never anybody's first choice from what i can uh from what i can gather i think i'd do it i think i'd do it with with somebody anyway mm, yes interested if anybody is learning with rosetta stone and has been doing so successfully for the last 30 years happy birthday rosetta stone uh, of course the other rosetta stone i believe is still on display in the london in the museum i'm trying to think which one it is it might be the is it the natural history museum i oh no it's the british oh is it the british museum it's in one of them it's a big one in next to tottenham court road well worth a visit has a very small but very fun little japanese section that i used to visit almost monthly at one point um but if you have any other thoughts on this do let us know hello at uktechshow.com well, before we move on, I do want to say a quick thank you to our patrons for supporting us directly. We've had some new people this week. Dan Hunt, welcome. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, but thank you for being with us. And for everyone who's listening live, we've got a good audience this week. Hello to you all. Um, you can get the full version of Text Message ad-free, listen live, be in our audience and talk to us as we record and get our sister show, Extra Message, get a whole bunch more of stuff in the back catalogue as well. Uh, you can learn more about that, patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And if you are a patron, you're about to hear our next big discussion story, which Ian has prepared all about whether phones are now just really too boring well we got an interesting bit of feedback last week we actually had more feedback than we could possibly mm. include this week um, and you should um, you should probably mention that we will get to matt's question in a future episode yes we had a good question from matt we had stuff from Raphael. we had stuff from mark but I'm, i i decided to pick this one out uh for, for from richard richard gunther long time uh friend of the show and friend of mine who um responded in earnest to our request to send in some feedback purely in emoji form and we, we asked for this when we were talking about emoji last episode, and I didn't think anyone would do it, but Richard has stepped up and has indeed. So I'm going to read out the emoji, Ian, and you can tell me if you can figure out what he says, and then afterwards I'm going to read out my reply and see if you can figure out what I was saying in return. So uh, let's see. What should we do? Let's put some music on. This is what Richard said to me. Car emoji, airplane seat emoji, flames emoji. One, two, three, four, five, six rolls of cash emoji thumbs down emoji man with grey hair emoji that's um, it <clears throat> so car, chair, fire lots of money, thumbs down I mean is this a, a, an emoji based comment on the current cost of living crisis or is it I think he is referring to last week's story about car manufacturers, I think it was BMW wasn't it charging, of course uh, rentals for heat, uh, heated seats on subscription. So I yes. think he's saying cars with heated seats cost a lot of money. No thanks. 
Thumbs then, down, yeah. Thumbs down, yeah. Perfect feedback, really, for the episode. Brilliant. Well, well done, Richard. That uh, did stump me a little bit, which is, I guess, the problem of communicating through emoji. There is latitude for miscommunication, but uh, I enjoyed the uh, attempt. Yeah. Well, I replied to Richard in purely emoji form as well, and I wrote the following. Sideways laughing face. Clap emoji times four. Fingers crossed. Female sheep emoji. Two men emoji. Uh, okay sign emoji. Don't need to say emoji this much, do I? Um, <laughs> no. Sweating hot face. Angry swear word hot face. Dog emoji. Parentheses. No entry sign. Brain. Close parentheses. Flames emoji. Uh, and then I signed off with a emoji of a journalist with a magnifying glass. Hey. Do you know what that something, meant? Something about your being too hot on account of the uh, for your brain to work. You're along the right lines. Yeah, I basically uh, meant uh, Kate asks if the dog has no brain. I mean, no, that's wrong as well. What I said, he I'll de- try... He definitely does have a brain. It's just wired for only excitement. I'll, I'm going to do some real-time emoji. Okay, yeah, it's a good point. It's hard without seeing it. Um, I'll paste the emoji into the chat so people can see it, and I'll include this emoji into uh, the show notes as well, because this is... I mean, honestly, this little section's run its course, but just for the posterity, <laughs> I'll just translate, is uh, I laughed at your email. Well done. Uh, I hope you and the you is the female sheep thought that was quite good also you see that you it's quite pretty yeah hope you and your husband are okay i am sweating and angry about it the dog doesn't understand why it's so hot um and then the sign off is fairly obvious yeah okay um this is why people use words isn't it yeah they're definitely better yeah um not sure this will make it into the final edit but we'll find out won't we um so thank you, Richard, for that. Thank you, Mark, and everyone else who wrote in. Um, I think it's only fair now that we talk about some of the great special features that were taking place on Daily Tech News Show this week. Normally, we talk about what's been happening in the wider world of tech news, but actually on this occasion, we're going to hear something a little bit special. So here's Tom Merritt to be special. This week on Daily Tech News Show, it was special guest week. Monday, Jack Recider of Darknet Diaries talked to us about how he gets all those people to talk about the malicious hacks they've done. Tuesday, Will Smith discussed the democratization of broadcast tech he's experienced over the past couple of decades. Wednesday, Quinn Nelson of Snazzy Labs explained why he thinks the M1 MacBook Pro might be the best gaming laptop made. Thursday, Joel Telling brought us all up to speed on what you need to know to get into 3D printing. And Friday, Justin Roby of Robitech told us why you might still want to build a PC and what you need to know to do it. All that and much more at dailytechnewsshow.com. In particular, go on. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I listened to, I watched Tuesday's show live, um, Ah. which I don't usually manage to find the time to do. Uh, but I was I was obviously captivated by the uh, the idea of seeing guest hosts and uh, watching it live. And so I saw a Will Smith episode, not that Will Smith, and not the other one, uh, as Tom has been joking on Twitter. Um, yes, it was very good, very good. I mean, it's very. I, I wish I I should make more time to watch it live. It's really a nice way to spend an hour. 
the Darknet Diaries uh, interview from the Monday episode was, was particularly interesting, I think, um, just hearing about how you get people to talk about stuff, particularly when they've been to prison uh, for something to do with the Darknet or hacking. It's, um, it's, it's really well worth a listen. Um, so do check those yeah, great, out. We'll have great week of shows. Very links, nice. Links in the show notes. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, of course, you can consider backing us and indeed more than consider and act on backing us. If you really do like us, uh, get our full length show, listen live, all that kind of stuff. Go to patreon.com com forward slash uk tech we would love you to do that or leave us a review on apple podcasts it is as valuable to us because that's how people discover the show so if you've not left us a review or not left us one for a while we would absolutely love you to do that um i don't think we have anything else to tell the ladies and gentlemen about do it here i'm hot thanks for listening everybody 